Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. Many people have approached me over the years once they learn that I'm a martial artist and an instructor, and they ask me questions like, I'm interested in learning martial arts, what would the right art be for me? This podcast is the answer to that question, and it is not specific to Aikido because Aikido may or may not fulfill what they want from martial arts training. A couple of basic concepts to take in right away. First, the art itself is less important than the people. There are superb martial artists in nearly every martial art. Some are outstanding, even phenomenal as practitioners, but may not be good teachers or mentors. It's common for ego or attitude problems to plague experienced martial artists. So this is something to be on the watch for when you visit any dojo. What you should be looking for is competence, respect, and a healthy attitude. When you go in, observe class. If you get a chance to train with the students, do that as well. Talk with the senior students and get a feel for their attitudes and behavior. This is probably the most important thing to look for because they are what this school is building. If they are the kind of people you want yourself to be, then it's a positive indication that you will be a good fit in their school. Surround yourself with quality people and you will improve yourself. Along with having good people, make sure you get access to them. The class should be small enough or run well enough that you get to work with senior students and get focused time from the instructor. Some dojos make the new people work together and the instructors only spend time with one another or other senior students. You will learn the most and have the best time learning from quality instruction, which means attention and mentoring from instructors and experienced students. Second, the martial art itself is less important than the people, but it is worth considering. You must assess whether your body and mind are ready for what you're going to learn, rather than the capabilities of the art itself. There are certain arts which require a great deal of athleticism. If that's the case and you're older or have physical restrictions on your movement, then that art might not be a good fit for you. Practicing any martial art will improve your strength, balance, flexibility, and conditioning, but some require a high level of these to be effective. Therefore, some martial arts are limited to students who are young and physically fit. Also realize that if you practice an art that relies a lot on striking, understand that striking can do as much damage to the striker as it does to the target. You can condition your body to withstand striking impact, but this kind of conditioning takes quite a bit of time and can be remarkably painful. It can even result in body deformity if you take it too far. I'm referring to rigorous striking training. Not all striking training is this tough. Some arts are widely known for being pretty damaging to the body due to how they are trained. You can expect a certain level of body toughening with any martial training, but something to ask about is how often students get injured and what type of injuries are typical. Keep in mind, you can't train if you're injured, and if you aren't training, you aren't learning. Every martial art says that it offers self-defense, or at least most do, which is often the main selling point to get students to sign up. The honest truth is that self-defense is not really a part of the curriculum of many dojos, although they hesitate to admit that. So how can you tell when you go and visit them? Real self-defense training needs to prepare you to deal with all kinds of real-world attacks. It isn't enough to train only to deal with punches or kicks. Real-world attacks include grabs, tackles, wrestling, and attacks for multiple people at the same time. Real attacks will involve an attacker making body contact with you. Feel free to ask your instructor or the person you're talking to at the dojo what their training includes from a self-defense standpoint. A warning, there are some martial arts, mostly franchise, that are designed and operated to extract as much money from the students as possible. 
They do this by promising black belt rank in a short time and offering attractive monthly rates, only to reveal an abundance of hidden costs that spring up on you after you've signed up. Beware of any organization that is hesitant to outline all the costs up front or has a lot of extra charges you will have to pay for along the way. Be on the lookout for high belt test costs, costs for patches, extra uniforms, weapons, training accessories, mandatory seminar attendance, and most of all, contracts. Be particularly wary of a dojo which demands you enter into a long-term contract without letting you try it out for a month or more. If you are faced with a contract, take a look at it and see what it's like to get out of it if for some reason you're not happy with the training there. There should be a clause that lets you exit the contract with a minimal expense. It's pretty easy to get a feel for whether a dojo or instructor is more interested in making money than improving their students' abilities. If it is a real self-defense you're looking for, then make sure the dojo you join trains for it. If you observe or participate in a class that involves no body contact, then you will not be learning what it takes to deal with a real-life self-defense situation. Kicking and punching in the air are not sufficient training to deal with a real attacker. These are the tangible things that you can look for. Next, let's talk about the philosophical goal. Is it your desire to learn a martial art to protect yourself from harm and keep you safe? Or are you interested in learning how you will win fights to, and hurt people? If you're interested in the latter, then your interest is in sport fighting or more, more military-style training. The strategy of such training is to deal the most damage as quickly as possible. A common question that comes up from people shopping around for martial art is about weaponry. The belief is that learning weaponry is as valuable as a self-defense skill. It can be, for sure. However, there are a few practical things to think through before deciding that weapon training is for you, whether it's a handgun, knife, stick, or sword training. First, are you prepared to have your weapon on hand at all times? If not, then your weapon training will be of limited use to you. Second, are you truly prepared to deal with all that goes along with what weapons are specifically designed to do, which is kill? This may seem like a good approach, and it is, for a military setting where there is no regard for the enemy, nor is there any penalty for maiming or killing someone. This approach is not a very good fit for us civilians because it does not address the liability for inflicting great bodily harm or taking a life. Most martial arts are capable of inflicting this level of harm, but it's important to have the control to use only the level of intensity needed in a given situation and not cause unnecessary harm or injury. According to police statistics, approximately 80% of violence happens with someone you know or you've met before. Are you willing to use a dangerous or deadly level of violence against an acquaintance, friend, or family member? Are you willing to face potential criminal charges of assault or murder? If the goal is to lessen or remove the influence of violence from your life, why train to be ultra-violent? It may seem that we are critical of weapon training, but that's not true. Weapon training has its place, and no martial artist or self-defense student is complete unless their training has included weapon situations. Just be careful not to believe a common myth that weapon training is the one and only training that you need in order to secure your safety. There simply is no one tool for every job, and that includes weapons. These are some of the choices you make in what type of training that you pursue, and many students of martial arts get started training without ever thinking these things through. It's very common for students to change their path as they learn more. Aikido offers the option of using as much or as little as necessary for you to protect yourself, which includes protecting your attacker if need be. Make no mistake, Aikido is dangerous and extremely effective art and can cause immense injury depending on how it's applied. 
not all Aikido is this way, but I teach students to apply as much as is necessary to protect themselves, which is the choice that they will have to make based on their circumstances. There's much more to this philosophy, but suffice to say that an appropriate response to the situation is very important. Aikido can be applied effectively without needing athleticism. Of course, being strong and fit helps, and you will build some measure of strength, speed, and flexibility through training. No extraordinary strength, flexibility, or speed are needed to make Aikido work because it is based on efficiency and good strategy, not athletics. Practicing Aikido will improve your balance, body control, coordination, timing, and posture. Lastly, you may have heard the concept that martial arts training is a waste of time because you can just hand your wallet to a mugger and the money inside is worth a lot less than the cost of your training. Although the simple math equation seems valid, what if the mugger wants more than your wallet? What if he's there to to harm you or take your life? Step beyond even this oversimplified concept and realize that martial arts training is beneficial to your body and mind, even though you may never be attacked. Look for training sessions that look fun and enjoyable, which challenge both the mind and the body. Building confidence and learning what you're really capable of is a tremendous experience. You get a workout, you get to improve yourself, all the while having a fun time and enjoying the company. As we said earlier, it's really about the people. A final bit of advice. After you visit a dojo and try training there, ask yourself, did you enjoy the experience? Were the students enjoying themselves? Were the instructors friendly and helpful? If the answers to any of these questions were no, then realize that if you sign up, you probably won't be there long. If you are not enjoying what you are doing, you will stop doing it. If you stop training, then you'll get no benefit and will be no better for your experience. Train with joy and the benefits will come. You know you have found the right place when you are excited to go back every time. I'll leave you with another podcast recommendation from IkeCast. These are two short segments on choosing a dojo and contain some very good advice. I'll leave a link in the description section of this podcast. What other topics are you interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment there. Your input and engagement helps podcasts like these stay around. Please support it by liking, subscribing, and sharing. Enjoy your training.